Hi, everyone, and welcome to the fourth and final segment of Seeking Serenity, our four-part series on 12-step spirituality. I'm with the Daughters of St. Paul, but in keeping with the tradition of anonymity in Alcoholics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, and other 12-step groups, I'll not be identifying myself. Last time, we reflected on the topic of humility, the virtue that helps us to acknowledge and accept the truth about ourselves, good and bad, the ugly and the beautiful, the sin and the grace, who we are and who we are not. Humility invites us to seek and accept God's will for us in an attitude of surrender, realizing that God knows way better than we do ourselves what's best for us. We reflected on St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 3 to 5, to help us better understand this very important virtue, without which we can't hope to be truly happy. If you didn't get a chance to experience the other three reflections of our series on powerlessness, surrender, and humility, the links are below. Before we get into our reflection for today, I once again say that these thoughts are my own and do not represent any 12-step group or the Daughters of St. Paul. Let's take a moment now to quiet ourselves so we can hear the invitations God is holding out to us as we spend this time together today. I invite you to close your eyes for a moment and give your brain a chance to slow down. Let all the thoughts vying for your attention fade into the background. Take a deep breath in slowly. Hold it for a moment and then let it out slowly. And trust whatever is in your heart to God's goodness. Now, if you wish, join me in praying the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with us as we close our Seeking Serenity series today with a reflection on the topic of gratitude. No doubt you've heard the phrase, attitude of gratitude. It's really catchy and has been thrown around in popular culture in many ways. Just Google those words and you'll find a bunch of articles on the psychological benefits of gratitude. But what does gratitude mean for you as a follower of Christ? How often do you think of just how much you have to be grateful for? Have you maybe felt sometimes like gratitude was really far from your heart after experiencing something painful or difficult? How do you show gratitude to the people in your life? I put the reflection on gratitude last in our series because I think if we seek serenity in our lives, gratitude is an essential state of mind and heart. But being grateful is also the natural result of contemplating our own powerlessness, surrendering to God's will, and living with an attitude of humility, as we've talked about in the previous reflections. If you remember, in the meditation on surrender, I shared about how I surrendered my brother's fractured relationship with our family to God, and God saw fit to make it possible for that relationship to begin healing. Now, every time I talk to my brother, I thank God for the healing that makes our communication possible. In the Reflection on Humility, I shared about a time I was humiliated when I received some stinging and hurtful criticism. That experience drove me to pray earnestly for better humility so I could be at peace with what had been said. 
The peace that God gave me in that particular situation had me thanking and praising God for being secure enough in my own knowledge of how deeply God loves me, no matter what someone else may think or say about me. Most of all, I thank God every single day for the recovery that God has brought to me through experiencing the 12 steps in the Overeaters Anonymous program. Speaking about gratitude, though, has me a bit intimidated as there's been so much written about gratitude. But in this reflection, we'll be looking at gratitude from the perspective of 12-step spirituality. But just like our other reflections, gratitude is something that enriches all of us, whether or not we are in a 12-step group, know someone in a 12-step group, or are just a person trying to grasp and experience more serenity in life. So let's see what inspiration God has in store for us as we consider gratitude. I don't know about you, but I was a fan of Winnie the Pooh when I was young, and my parents read to me from the storybooks. I enjoyed the adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Kanga and Roo, Tigger, Eeyore, and of course, Christopher Robin. I even had a stuffed Kanga and Roo that I carried with me all over the place. In one of the stories, A.A. Milne, the author of the original Pooh stories, has this to say about gratitude. Piglet noticed that even though he had a very small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. Those of us in 12-step programs, like Piglet, noticed that our addictions sometimes caused us to have very small hearts when it came to how we related to other people or in our attitudes and behaviors. In recovery, we notice that our hearts, small though they be, can hold rather large amounts of gratitude. When I go to OA meetings, some members introduce themselves like this. They say, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. They define themselves by gratitude. Once I was at a meeting that was open to anyone working a 12-step program, and one of the guys there said, hi, I'm whatever his name was, and I'm an alcoholic, gratefully recovering one day at a time. You see, when we addicts open ourselves to recovery through working the 12 steps, the physical, emotional, and spiritual healing that results is most definitely cause for praise and thanks to our higher power which some of us, including me, choose to call God. In Alcoholics Anonymous's main text, affectionately known as the Big Book, the actual word gratitude doesn't occur that often, and that surprised me. However, the sentiment of being thankful is everywhere. At the beginning of the chapter entitled How It Works, it being the 12 steps, we find this, quote, Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now, end quote. So what we used to be like is what life was like when we were in the throes of our addiction, and it usually wasn't very pretty. What happened is usually whatever caused us to hit rock bottom, and what we are like now is how we are living in recovery. And this quote is significant in that it comes in the context of explaining recovery to a newcomer. Page 58 of the big book goes on to say, if you, the newcomer, have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. So what is it that we have that someone just coming to AAOA or any other 12-step program might want? We have the hope serenity, and peace that comes with recovery, that comes with knowing that God's power is what drives our lives, not our own. 
And that is something that each person in recovery is eternally grateful for. I wonder sometimes if gratitude is something innate in us, like do we just have it as human beings, or is it something we only learn by seeing it in other people or practicing it ourselves? I'd like to think it's second nature to be grateful, but just from my own experience, I'm not so sure about that. People, you know, myself included, tend to be selfish. It's the work of a lifetime to overcome selfishness and become self-giving like Jesus is. One thing that helps with that is gratitude, but we have to be taught how and why we need to be thankful. I have two young nephews, ages five and four. When I watch my brother interact with them, he's always thanking them, especially when they do what he asks of them without complaining or dragging their feet. When I go home to visit, they're constantly bringing me stuff. Here, auntie, this is for you. And then they would drop a bug that they found on the ground into my palm, or or a dandelion flower, or my favorite, the dog's slobbery tennis ball. What's my response? Oh, that's so gross, you know. No, it's a very enthusiastic, oh, thank you, sweetie, as I, of course, try not to let the dog slobber drip on my habit. But why is that the response? Because they found so much joy in giving the gift, and by saying thank you, I'm helping to teach them to be grateful. But I've also been there, mostly via FaceTime, for their birthday parties, when family and friends gather and the pile of presents is probably way too big. Each in their own way, my nephews tear into those presents with the wonderment of discovering what's underneath the wrapping paper. So excited to get to the good stuff, they have to be constantly reminded by their parents to say thank you to the giver of the gift once they unwrap it they would much rather skip that step and move right along to the next gift. They're young and still learning what it means to live an attitude of gratitude. I have confidence that they'll eventually learn. But we're all still learning, aren't we? None of us is perfect at gratitude. In our Catholic tradition, we claim five different forms of prayer. The prayer of blessing and adoration, prayer of petition, intercessory prayer, prayer of praise, and the prayer of thanksgiving. So giving thanks is one of our most basic forms of prayer. Here's what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says about the prayer of thanksgiving in paragraphs 2637 and 2638. And I quote, Thanksgiving characterizes the prayer of the Church, which, in celebrating the Eucharist, reveals and becomes more fully what she is. Indeed, in the work of salvation, Christ sets creation free from sin and death to consecrate it anew and make it return to the Father for His glory. The thanksgiving of the members of the body participates in that of their head. As in the prayer of petition, every event and need can become an offering of thanksgiving. End quote. So what does that mean? It means that because Jesus suffered and died on the cross for us, brought us salvation, that we need to give thanks to God for such a gift. One of the main ways we do this is participating in the Eucharist, the Mass. The word Eucharist actually means thanksgiving. So just by participating in Mass, we thank God the Father for our salvation brought about by Christ. But also the Catechism tells us that we need to cultivate thanksgiving in everything because every event and need can become an opportunity for us to thank God for all of God's blessings. Father Ronald Rollheiser, a noted spiritual author, actually says that gratitude is the foundation of holiness. He says sanctity, which is another word for holiness, has to do with gratitude. 
To be a saint is to be fueled by gratitude. Nothing more and nothing less. So how do we practice being fueled by gratitude? I believe that one key to practicing gratitude is awareness. When we become aware of all the blessings in our lives, then we realize just how much we have to be thankful for. For people in recovery, that very recovery is one of the biggest blessings. Now, St. Paul's letters are, are filled with prayers of thanksgiving. He thanks God the Father in Christ Jesus for the work that God is doing in the fledgling Christian communities that he's addressing. For example, Paul opens his letter to the Romans like this. He says, First of all, I give thanks to my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the world. Isn't that wonderful? And in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he says it like this, I constantly give thanks to God for you because of the grace God has given you in Christ Jesus. We have received grace from God in Christ Jesus as well, so let us give thanks. But how do we do that? How can we become more aware of what we have to be thankful for? In recovery, we are often encouraged to write a gratitude list or even have a gratitude journal, a place where we can daily write a list of all the things that we're grateful for. Sometimes it's suggested to write at least 10 things every day. When I first started out in recovery, I thought I would never be able to come up with 10 things every day. I started writing my gratitude list in the evening before I went to bed. I had a special journal where I wrote what I was grateful for that day. It didn't take me long to realize that I could easily come up with 10 things every day, even if I'd had a bad day. How? I found that the more I looked the more things I found to thank God for. Now I write my list in the mornings and I include things from the day before and gratitude also for what I look forward to that day. So here's what I wrote in my gratitude journal this morning. I usually put, today I am grateful for colon right on the top. And underneath it says, the love of Abba, my higher power, good sleep and a comfortable bed talking to a good friend yesterday, the relaxation of cross-stitching while listening to an audiobook. I was also thankful for my eyesight and the magnifying light that enables me to see well enough to cross-stitch. I thanked God for the beautiful sunrise this morning and the magnificent view from my balcony, which overlooks New York Harbor and the Statue of Liberty in Manhattan. I thanked God for cooler temperatures and less humidity, I was thankful for my abstinence from compulsive overeating, thankful for my family, and that my sister has found a great guy to marry, and she's getting married in December. I was actually thankful for Lin-Manuel Miranda and his musical talent at composing. Well, I think I wrote that one down on there because I had snippets of Hamilton running through my head. And lastly on my list this morning was, I thank God for the feeling of peace in my heart this morning. But what happens if you don't feel any peace? What happens when you're angry at God, angry at yourself or someone else, or are dealing with a distressing situation? It's at those times that it's really hard to feel thankful or to express gratitude. When I was a kid and I would complain about something, usually not wanting to eat what was on the table for dinner, my mom would say, count your blessings. And as soon as I would begin articulating those blessings, whatever it was I was whining about, didn't seem so bad. Okay, 
that's all well and good for a child, but what about more adult worries? A fellow member of OA once shared with me after a meeting about her daughter who was suffering from cancer and how difficult a time she was having accepting her daughter's illness. But she always shared how grateful she was for the companionship she found at OA meetings and how she might not have made it through without the encouragement from her OA friends. She was able to count her blessings, even in the midst of dealing with her daughter's suffering. Because the blessings were there, but they were just a little bit harder to see. Let's go back to St. Paul now. St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 2, verses 6 to 7, calls us to thanksgiving. And he says, Therefore, since you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, live your lives in him. Be rooted and built up in him and firmly established in the faith, just as it was taught you. Be filled with thanksgiving. End quote. Being filled with thanksgiving is just what many people in recovery experience each day. There's a section of the AA Big Book which is referred to as the promises. These promises are what happens for people when they overcome their addictions one day at a time. The promises give hope to those who are struggling on the journey of recovery. We're all struggling on some journey, the journey of life with the destination being heaven. As we embrace the virtues we've been talking about in this series of reflections, acceptance, surrender, seeking the will of God, humility, gratitude, as we partner with God in allowing Him to make these virtues more evident in our lives, then we too can trust in these promises, and even greater promises as followers of Christ. Here's how the big book articulates those promises, and those can be found on pages 83 and 84. It says, quote, If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. End quote. So, whatever else might be going on in our lives, we can at least thank God for the gift of our life for the gift of being children of God, for the gift of Jesus, and for the hope that these promises bring. We also thank God for all the little things that make life worth living. A journal put out by an OA group has a space to write a little gratitude list every day. And next to the title in parentheses, it says that a grateful heart has no need to overeat. I find that so true, but it also applies to any area of my life and in all of our lives. If we have a grateful heart, then things tend to work themselves out 
and we have a better ability to see the action of God in our lives, no matter where that action may take us. We see that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. We see that even if we have a very small heart like Piglet had, it still has the capacity to hold rather large amounts of gratitude. As we come to the end of this reflection on thankfulness and gratitude, I'd like to invite you to follow up by taking some time in quiet prayer to contemplate gratitude in your daily life. How is your own attitude of gratitude? The accompanying PDF includes some of the readings and prayers that I've mentioned today, as well as some suggested scriptures for further meditation. I've also included some reflection questions that could lead you into deeper prayer about the virtue of gratitude. And speaking of gratitude, I want to thank each of you from my heart for tuning into our series on Seeking Serenity. Whether you heard all the reflections or just one, I hope you'll be able to take something away that will enable you to live with more serenity in whatever life situation you find yourself in. I truly believe God is with us in the good times and in the difficult times, and for that, I am so grateful. If you wish, I'd like to invite you to close with me by praying the serenity prayer as we end our time together. Let us pray. God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. God bless you all.